Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. If uh, you'll open up your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 44, we'll get started here. And the scripture says, and it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. That the rain stop thee not. I like to preach you on this topic, unleashing the intercessors unleashing the intercessors if you'll put down your bibles but lift up your voice and lift up your hands right now and expect miracles and signs and wonders for what god's going to do in this place today hallelujah lord we give you the glory and all the honor hallelujah you may be seated before i begin tonight i'd like everybody to see what i'm wearing i got my kicks on I got them kicks, though, like Rhett said. I'm wearing comfy shoes tonight, but let me tell you, it's got a point in my message. I'm not wearing them because I'm lazy. (laughs) So, referring back to our text, I've preached about this story here before, that Elijah went to Ahab and told the prophets of Baal to make a sacrifice to their God. Elijah came to Ahab and his 400 plus prophets and challenged them to a duel of the gods, if you will. And uh, he challenged the prophets in front of all of Israel. So the prophets, they get their sacrifice together, they put it all together, and they start crying, and they prayed and screamed, and they hollered for their God, but he never answered. Whenever he didn't answer, they began cutting themselves. And even then, he wouldn't answer. He wouldn't answer because he didn't exist, amen? They tried and 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 tried to get a rise out of their idol, but he wouldn't answer. But then comes Elijah. He gets up there. He makes an altar, and he puts a sacrifice up there. But then he pours water on that sacrifice, He put a little water. He put the little water that they had because in that time they were in a famine. And he pours that water on the sacrifice and he prays just a little simple prayer. But that prayer changed everything. 1 Kings 18 and 36, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their hearts back again. Elijah's prayer here was something of wonder to me. It was a wonderful prayer, but it wasn't revolutionary. You know, people want to expound on this prayer. It was something that God just said right through him. It was Elijah that was praying to God. It wasn't some kind of revolutionary prayer, but it was a prayer of passion. It was a prayer of his own passion. He says, 
in the first beginning of his prayer. God, let it be known that you are God, that there is none like you, that there is none beside you. There will never be one after you. There is none before you. You alone sit on the throne. You alone created the heavens. You created the earth. You created man. You created the animals. You are the healer. You are the way maker. You alone are Alpha and Omega. You alone are the beginning and the end. You created time. You stand out of time. You are the river of living water. You know all. You are all. And you will heal all diseases. You raise the dead. You bring peace. You bring strength. You bring mercy. You bring grace. You are God. That was just the first part of this prayer. He was letting everyone else know, not just himself, not just the people around him, but all of Israel know he alone is God. The next thing Elijah says, and that I am thy servant, and I have done all these things at thy word. What Elijah is saying here is, Lord, I'm your servant. Lord, I serve you with every bit of my being, every fiber of this body, every muscle of this body, all the bones in this body and the skin that holds it together is serving you. Make my heart like your heart. Lord, let me do your will. I will do whatever you lead me to do. I will praise you for all the days of my life, every day until eternity. I will be worshiping you. If I can't quote from the beautiful song named So Will I, if the stars were made to worship, then so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, then so will I. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the rocks cry out in silence, then so will I. God, my life, it praises you. My life serves you. Is there anyone here that can agree with that tonight? Lord, You alone are God, and I'm made to serve you. I wonder if we could just right now lift our hands and just serve him for a little bit. Serve him some praise right now. Serve him some worship. Hallelujah, Jesus. In this prayer right here, Elijah is showing us the steps, if you will, to intercessory prayer. You start out, give the glory to God. He's God, not you. Last time I checked, my name's David. It ain't God. Then the next is tell him, Lord, I'm your servant. Let your will be done in my life. Anything you see that is not fit in my life, get it out and let me do your will and move on. But the next part of Elijah's prayer is what I want to focus on tonight. The rest of his prayer goes like this in verse 37. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their hearts back again. The very last part of Elijah's prayer was not meant for himself. It was not meant for his own gain. It wasn't for him. It wasn't for his family. It wasn't even for the praises of God. That last part of his prayer was for the prodigals. That last prayer was for the people of Israel who turned their backs on God. It was for the lost. Elijah was saying, God, let them know that you alone are God once again. Let them see you as Lord once again. You see, Elijah didn't condemn the prodigals for turning their backs on God. He didn't say, God, strike them down with vengeance. Strike them with your mighty hand and your mighty rod. He said, God, show them your God again. Just give them a little grace. Give them a little mercy. We don't need to be condemning our prodigals for turning their backs on God. But, oh God, let them see you once again. Can that be our prayer tonight for our prodigals? Lord, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm not the Almighty. But let them just get a hold of you one last time. 
If I will, real quick, I'm going to take this jar of names. This is our prodigal list. This is our prodigal jar, our vase. And you see, this vase has no power. This, this vessel has no power. But it's the names that mean something. We didn't put it up front for a statement piece. We didn't put it up front for something pretty for you to look at. It ain't pretty to me. This sight churns my stomach. It makes me sick when I look at it. Because it represents all that the enemy has taken from me. It represents something to me. It represents my friends that the enemy has said, oh, you don't need God anymore. It represents my family that walked away from God. It represents those that the enemy has led them astray and changed their way of thinking to see that they might not need God anymore. Every time I see that, my stomach churns a little bit. I want to tell you, church, right here, right now, whatever time it is on the 10th of February, I'm declaring I'm done. I'm done. I'm sick and tired. Satan has taken too many of my friends. He's taken too many of my family. He's taken too many loved ones. He's influenced too many of God's children. He's taken our children for far too long. While I still have breath in this little old body, I'm not going to let Satan get any more. I'm telling him he's done. You're not taking any more. I'm taking a stand. If I had a stake, I'd put it in the ground at the front door and say, you're not going to have my family. You're not going to have my friends. You're not going to have my schools. You're not going to have our children. I wish somebody get a passion for the prodigals. Satan, you can't have my kids, you can't have my friends, my schools, my health, you can't even have my finances. I'm sick of you taking from me, and it ends tonight. Lord, I pray you get a hold of these prodigals. You see, Elijah knew how to be an intercessor. Webster defines the word intercessor as a person who intervenes on behalf of another, especially especially by prayer. He knew that if he could just stand in the gap between the people of Israel who turned their backs on God and the evil that's waiting to conquer them, that's he was willing to take the fiery darts of the wicked to save the souls that were lost, to get a hold of the God that calls and answers by fire. So after Elijah says his prayer, and after the fire falls, 1 Kings 18 and 39 says, And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. I've come to tell you, church, it's amazing what a prayer can do. A prayer can get a hold of the God that answers by fire. A prayer can get a hold of the hearts of prodigals. So don't let your prayers be undermined by someone else. Your prayers are not in vain. God hears every single one of your prayers. If he could count the hairs on your head, he can know the prayers that you've prayed to him in the midnight hours, calling out loved ones that you hope would return to these pews. Let me tell you, church, your prayers don't fall short, and they're not for nothing. It's only because that a prayer went up that the fire fell. Amen. Amen. 
and intercessors intercessors foundation is found on prayer let me repeat that an intercessor's foundation is found on prayer and later on in the story we see the fire fall from heaven but then elijah told ahab that he hears the sound of abundance of rain which we represent as god's blessings because earlier we said that land was in a famine rain meant life rain meant blessings Then Elijah sent his servant to the sea to see what was coming. And the servant did that seven times before he saw anything. But then on that last time, he sees a size, he sees a cloud the size of a man's hand. Going back to our opening scripture in verse 44. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. Elijah knew something was on its way. He knew something was about to change. He knew the rain was coming out of the sea. Something was brewing over in that Mediterranean Sea. Something was brewing. And Elijah knew it. Verse 45, and it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heavens was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. He went to Jezreel. You see, the scene of all of this was on a mountain called Carmel. And Mount Carmel is about 12 miles from the Mediterranean Sea. So for that servant... It was 24 miles there and back. It took a couple days because they didn't have, we think 24 miles, that's easy now because we got cars. And he was a servant, so I doubt he had a horse. So he walked 12 miles to see if there was a cloud and came back. Seven times he'd done that, but on that last time, he saw something. The Mediterranean Sea, this was the sea where the cloud rose out from. And a little bit away, was the city named Jezreel. This is where King Ahab and Jezebel ruled. So here in Scripture, Ahab's trying to beat the rain. Elijah told him, blessings of God are showing up. Are you ready for them? Ahab said, I got to get to my city before God shows up. I got to get control of my city again before God shows up. I got the enemy, which is Ahab, I got to get control of my city again. But Elijah wasn't going to let that happen, Pastor. Verse 46, And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and he ran before Ahab. If I could say, the NIV tells it like this, The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab. Oh, Elijah started tucking in his shirt. If he will, he might have tied up his sneakers a little bit. He put on his running shoes a little bit. He said, I'm going to stretch a little bit. If I can, I'm about to outrun somebody. I'm about to beat somebody to Jezreel. I'm about to beat somebody so I can get control over that city. I'm not going to let Satan have that city. If you look right now, I can see him right now. He began to run. 
And he ran, 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 and he ran. Every step felt like it wasn't even touching the ground. He was moving so fast it felt like he was floating. Every step he took, he saw the goal that he was going for. And he said, I got to get there. I got to get to Jezreel. I don't care what's around me. I don't care what's beside me. I see the goal. I just got to get there. How fast am I going? I don't care. How long does it take me to get there? I don't care. I just got to get there. And then I can see Ahab on his chariot. He's getting those horses ready. He feels, he might see those clouds coming up from back here. He says, I got to get to my city. The enemy's like, I got to get to my city. I feel those clouds rolling. So he grips those leather, those leather reins to those horses. He feels them in his hands. And with one swift snap, and those horses are gone gripping those leather reins, and he just snaps them back and forth after one another, and those horses charge to Jezreel. See, Jezreel in this time had a great tower in that city. Second Kings 9 and 17 says, and there stood a watchman on the tower of Jezreel. And this watchman, he would see people coming into the city, and so he dictated, are these friendly? Are these foes? Am I going to let them in the city? Am I not going to let them in the city? And this tower was massive in size. And I could just see it in my mind. If you will, I'm going to tell a little bit of a story for it right now. I could just see the watchman looking over. And he sees out of that Mediterranean Sea, there comes a little bit of rain. Clouds are getting darker over the mountains. He sees the rain is starting to kick up a little dust. It's starting to fumigate, if you will. That rain's starting to kick up so much dust. But right before the edge of the dust that's coming towards the city, he sees a little cloud trotting along. He sees a little cloud charging for the city. And that would be Ahab just snapping those reins, seeing if he could get back to his city before Elijah does. He sees Elijah ahead of him, and he says, I got to get there before the prophet does. I got to get there. He might have felt the rain on the back of his neck. He might have felt the presence of God. He said, I got to get there before God shows up. I got to get there. Come on. And I can see those horses as they're running. They're running. They're running on the ground. It might have sounded like thunder a little bit as those hooves were hitting the ground. You could just hear it and it sounded like it was just charging with everything they had those horses they'd be snarling they'd be panting giving it everything they got just with every whip Ahab could feel the rain right behind him he didn't want to look back because he was afraid he might get a little wet he might get a little wet from the blessings of God that was coming and he didn't want that to happen and then as the watchman was looking and he seen King Ahab, he seen a little ahead of that. There was an even smaller little cloud. And there goes Elijah. And he's running. And he's running. He don't care what's behind him. He don't care that King Ahab is behind him. He just says, there's a Jezreel out there and I got to get to it before the king does. I got to get there before the king does. I don't care if he's behind me. I ain't looking behind me. I'm just focused on the goal that's ahead of me. I don't care what's in front of me. I just got to get to my goal. You see, Elijah was out running the chariot of the horses. And you see, a horse can run anywhere from 25 to 30 miles an hour. A normal human can only run 10. 
How on earth was he doing it? It's because Elijah was an intercessor. He was a prayer warrior. And if you give an intercessor a little time to pray, that's like giving the soldier a sword. You get an intercessor into a prayer room, that's like putting a gun in a Marine's hand. You put an intercessor in a prayer room, that's like putting a pen in the hand of a poet. He might do something a little bit. If you get an intercessor into a time of prayer, if you show up to a prayer meeting, you just might be an intercessor getting a hold of God. He had the touch of God on him, and they ran and ran and ran and ran. Elijah didn't care what was behind him, but Ahab did. He said, God's behind me. I got to get there. But how is he in front of me? How is he still outrunning me? And then Ahab gets there. I'd say by the time that rain caught up to him, he gets there in that chariot, and he harks them to a stop. And they're standing there at the entrance of Jezreel. He sees a figure. Standing at the entrance of this city. And it's raining. It might be dark a little bit. Ahab can only see a figure. And then he gets a little closer. And he sees Elijah. Ahab, I got here before you did. I got this city. This city's mine. It's my city. You can't have it. This blessings of God. It's mine. Out of breath and panting and dripping wet stands Elijah at the entrance of Jezreel. Jezreel, let me give you the definition of Jezreel. It means God will sow. Elijah looks at Ahab with the breath that's still in his body, and he says, Ahab, I got here first, and the blessings of God have showed up. So God's about to sow something in this city, and I'm ready to reap what God's about to sow in this city. You see, Elijah was standing in the gap. He was telling the devil that you cannot have this city. And church, we must stand at the entrance and say, devil, you can't have this city. You can't have Medora. You can't have this home. You can't have this family. I wish somebody get a hold of this right now. I'm starting to feel the Holy Ghost. I swish. Y'all, I'm preaching right now. You can't have my family. You can't have my children. The reason we have people like Brother Seth and a Brother Austin in there is because we had a couple of Elijahs that put on their sneakers. They put on their running shoes, and they saw Jezreel. That was worth the run. They saw Jezreel. That was worth the fight. And they told them, devil, at the entrance to their souls, and they said, I got here first. You can't have it. They're going to stand at the entrance of their souls and say, devil, you can't have them because I got them first. Brother Dylan, I believe that you didn't get a worse note from the doctor. It's because you had somebody that ran to the entrance of your soul and said, devil, you can't have them. He's ours. I got here first. Brother LeBannon, I'm believing that whenever the dust is settled, that you're going to stand at the entrance of the city named Simon, and you're going to stand there and say, devil, I got here first. If I could tell you, if you wrote a name in this jar, you ought to be running because you're about to stand at the entrance of some souls and tell the devil, you're too late. I got here first. These names, they're mine. This city is mine. Yeah. 
I wish somebody get a hold of that right now. I wish somebody give them some praise right now in this place. Y'all, it's because of an intercessor that we can save some souls of some lost people in this place tonight. Can you give them some praise right now in this place? Some people need to stand up and stand in the gap because we know the prodigals, they've already turned their backs on God. But it's up to us to stand in the gap and say, I'm strong enough. I'll take what the enemy's got for him just so God can get a hold of him. If God can just rain down on him and put a little blessing, sow a little blessings, we just might reap something. I pray we become a church of Elijah's in this place today. If you'll stand, musicians come. Why don't you go ahead and come to these altars? Don't let this stay in this building. Take it home wherever you go. We all know someone in that jar. We all have a name in that vase. We all know someone in there. We all have lost loved ones, friends, family, whatever it may be. But I pray that we would become a church of Elijah's and say it's worth the run to stand in the gap between the enemy and their soul and say it's worth the fight. I'm telling you, young person, it's worth the fight. I'm telling you, young at heart, it's worth the fight. I wish that we would stand in the entrance and let the devil know you're too late. I got here first. Pray unto him right now. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.